We're certified halal. Now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've ordained you HMC. <laughs> How did you get in? You stopped at the petrol station near Cully. Let's rest our bags. A petrol station near Cully. You could be a criminal. You could be a terrorist. You could have a bowler. Sammy, do you have a bowler? Not really. I love United Kingdom. Winston Churchill, Elizabeth II, Top Gear, even the one with Joy. You like humiliating refugees, don't you? You are like Hungary in a dress. Maybe you should go. Why should I leave? Because we're full of... It does not work if you say that. And it echoes. Home. Brand new comedy. Coming soon on Channel 4. So I'm sat here on the set of Home Season 2. Kindly invited by the wonderful Yusuf Kirkur. Is that Malhaba. the correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that the correct? Is that That's the right? right? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yusuf Kirkur. And the wonderfully talented Shabir Ahmed. Thank you very much. That's kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've spent the afternoon on set listening into some of this film, the scenes being filmed, which has been an education for me. It's been brilliant watching the whole process and everything. And we'll get back into that. Yeah, cool. So for those people who... Um, who don't know who you are, Yusuf, would you like to do a quick intro as to you, your background and what you worked on? So, uh, my name is Yusuf. I was born in Morocco. Uh, my mother's English, my father's Moroccan, but I'm born and raised Moroccan uh, since until I was 18. I went to an American school in Morocco, which explains the in and out American accent. Um, and I've lived in uh, London since 2002. And have done quite a few things. I'm, you know, I've played a lot of terrorists in my time. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, if you're, I mean, I'm six foot five, uh, and I grow a big beard, and uh, that's kind of the only thing they gave people. So I sort of done a lot of that. And uh, but yeah, I've been in everything from, uh, you know, I've worked on, on big. TV series with Harvey Keitel and action films with Jason Statham and uh, what well, films I said like I do a lot just one um, a couple of things on television you know Holby City all stuff and um, yeah. all the Shakespearean stuff as yeah, well yeah so I was with the Royal Shakespeare Company for four, four to five years uh, four seasons I think or wow. four seasons five years or five seasons four years I can't remember um, but I did a, I did a, in a row. I worked for them for, for, for quite a long while in a row, which was a was fantastic. Yeah. Big education as an actor, and I really cut my teeth basically in theatre in England. A lot of touring theatre, uh, trying to replicate the old repertory culture that used to exist in this country, where you join a company and just work, 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 yeah. work. So I kind of followed that track as much as I could, and then. Um, and then eventually made the switch, decided to try and be more into screen work and film work and TV work. Um, and I've done a bunch of TV until Home came along and that's sort of been uh, what I've been working on for the last two years. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff out on Netflix as well. So you can, you can look it up and, and enjoy. Brilliant. No, we'll, come back to, we'll come back to that in a okay, second, well, the Home. So Shabir, your DIT, which is Digital Imaging Technician. Yes. Now, I know what that is. Okay. Now, for those who are listening, <laughs> for their benefit, okay. can you tell us what that is? Well, primarily my role um, covers the camera department, so it's ensuring that once the footage has been recorded, that it's backed up. I do a quality check to make sure it's, it's all there and it's accounted for, it's not corrupt. And then part of the other process is making sure with the Director of Photography, or DOP, that 
I apply a grade or a look to those rushes so they have, during the offline process of the edit, they have a look that's in keeping with the style that the, the DOP's got in mind. Um, so once I've graded it, I've tran I transcode the footage um, and get it ready for the assistant editor or the editor to cut with. And then it's this back and forth process to make sure that whatever leaves set, it's getting to the edit and they're happy and then the DOP's happy. So it's got this whole mishmash of roles that, you know, that it entails, but essentially it's making sure that we've got everything that we need. We've shot the Quasal yeah. series and we don't have to go and reshoot anything otherwise. <laughs> So, yeah. you, so you've got you've got a quite you've got a glittering CV of stuff that you've worked on, right? Just just reel off some of the things that you've worked on. Um, obviously, Home season one, mm -hmm. uh, Detectorous mm -hmm. is another thing. Um, this way up, the Ashley B series that started earlier this year, Catastrophe, uh, and uh, Sex Education mm -hmm. recently. So those are the things that I can think of. You know, brilliant! It was of late. So. And the uh, and and the, the thing that I'm most grateful of both of you have been really great allies for the risk test. On, on, online, you've been really amplifying our work, and you've been supporters from day one. Both of you have, so it's very easy to do, man. Yeah. You guys are great. I just really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. So, so we're on we're on set of home season two, which is wonderful because when it was announced that there was a season two, I was absolutely overjoyed because I loved season one. It was really great. Yusuf, do you want to tell us a little bit about what the the premise of home and and just set that up in terms of. Who you play and and how and Sammy's story? Yeah, I play a refugee called Sammy. Uh, he's a Syrian refugee, and he's fled Syria with his family and been separated from his family, and made his way to England by sneaking into the trunk of a car at Calais, uh, and the car belongs to a, a middle class white couple named Peter and Katie and their son John. Actually, they're not married, but uh, it's Katie's son, John. Um, and uh, they live in Dorking in England. And he, he pops out of the trunk of his car in <laughs> Dorking. And then on begins his, um, his, uh, his mission to um, fundamentally to reunite himself with his family, to basically gain asylum and leave to remain here in the UK and then he can bring his family over and they can be a family together. Mm -hmm. His wife and child have ended up in Germany and so season one is Sammy trying to uh, navigate the world, uh, his new his new world, while also trying to navigate the pressures on his marriage. Yeah. Uh, all of this is uh, based in, in reality. This happens quite a lot. So mm -hmm. season two uh, uh, follows... Sammy's journey after the asylum process and before any of the answers. I can't give too much away. Yeah, don't. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, we sort of carry on. The story expands in sort of in, in, in wider directions and, um, yeah, you know, yeah. we'll have to. No, it's, I mean, I. I just save the best for later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's not spoil season two because I want to see it. Yeah. The, I wanna, right. I've, you know, I've seen one or two You've scenes. seen one scene now, 20 one. times. So. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and and that really is it was it was really great to see that process actually because you don't you don't understand how many times you have to that that one scene I, I mentioned it to you before we got into but by the way we're in Yusuf's trailer which trailer is, it's very which, nice which I don't know if, let's not describe it because <laughs> I want people to think that I live in luxury when I'm on set <laughs> but believe me this ain't luxury <laughs> but it's luxurious because it's freezing cold outside it's and nice and warm in here right so it's nice. Um, but you know the uh, we watched that scene 
against 20 plus times. The comedy timing was on point every single time. I laughed every single time and it was great. And I saw the little things that you threw in, little tiny nuances, and as we mentioned earlier, the little yannis and the yeah. little yallas that you threw in there. Now, on that, how, because you're, your background is Morocco. You're born yeah. in Morocco, right? Yeah. How important we talk about the rep- representation yeah. with the wrist test and off-screen and off-screen. We'll kind of call the off-screen in a bit, Shabir. But in terms of how important do you think it was for a native Arab speaker? Because you're fluent in like four languages, right? So yeah. it's Arabic, French, English, and Italian. Italian yeah. So how important did you think it was, especially given the nature of the show? the character of Sami, how important do you think it was for a native Arab speaker to play this part? Uh, I think as with all Arab parts, it's important to have an Arab play them. And in, in, in certain, in, there are certain Arab parts that need to be played by the, the kind of Arab that it is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in general. Mm-hmm. In the same way that uh, people, I'll, I'll get breakdowns for people from, from for, for Hindi yeah. characters, you know, and somebody somewhere has thought that it's possible that I could pass for that and, I, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll say no Yeah. Um, because I grew up in the 80s where uh, people from all walks of life played Arabs yeah. you know, Cubans were playing Arabs <laughs> Mexicans were playing Arabs Yeah. Um, and it was part and parcel of the sort of um, the uh, subtle unrolling of Islamophobia and Arabophobia that mm-hmm. sort of prevailed everything you know that Jack Sheen talks about uh, which I know you, you're, you're a fan oh, of as well huge fan huge yeah. fan me too and yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I I've always felt that you've got to you know get the get the right people to play the roles that being said I'm, I'm playing a Syrian mm-hmm. um, I have the Arabic but I don't have the Syrian Arabic I yeah. need to learn the Syrian Arabic we have a we have a our, our, our amazing uh, advisor um, uh sort of uh, font of all knowledge uh, Hassan Akkad who was a refugee from Syria and made his way over and wow. he did the documentary Exodus you know the yeah, one yeah, yeah. after forts and uh, he's been invaluable to both Rufus the writer and also to me and his experiences and everything but then again I'm, I'm, I'm learning this from him so um, should it have been a Syrian actor playing Sami uh, possibly mm-hmm. um, I think uh, I think at the very least have it have somebody be you know have it an arrow yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's uh, it is important mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah so there's, there's, there are there are there are full scenes and in the first season that are completely in Arabic mm. so for you to for example if I could wrote to memorize or a South Asian actor or whatever I could wrote to memorize Arabic but it would never be as convincing as someone who who's a native speaker about Perhaps not from the Levant Arabic, yeah. but, but the fact that you speak Arabic is 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 yeah. definitely important. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's telling that I bypassed all of that. All I focused on was I am not killing anyone, yeah. and I'm not going to get killed <laughs> for the first time in a long time. Yeah. You know, and I get to be a nice guy. Yeah, and, yeah, and like wow, yeah, and somebody actually wants to see see that. Yeah, and also that Sami is Christian. Sami yes. isn't Muslim. That's very important. It's very important. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, for me, I've always said. Pro, I'll see progress yeah. when Muslim actors are playing non-Muslims. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. When, they, when it's just no problem, you see, you see the detective come in and he's Muslim, but you don't talk about it. He yeah, just, exactly. Just happens to be yeah. Arab or Muslim or whatever. 
Um, and you know, I I don't distinguish between Arabophobia and Islamophobia. Yeah, I think yeah. I know. I think it's all part and parcel. No, it is. So it's it's, no, you're, you're it's great when I get to play anything mm-hmm. that is outside the norm. And like you know, uh, it came on the back of a decision maybe a year before Sammy came along to mm-hmm. not play any more uh, terrorists yeah, yeah, that yeah. don't have a real genuine reason for being in that story yeah, for yeah. their own for themselves. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think you you. You've touched on a couple of really, really, really interesting points there in terms of like Arabophobia and Islamophobia, essentially the same thing. One of the, the the qualifying criteria for the risk test is that identifiable Muslim, and oftentimes people conflate the two things into one. And and we see in in out there, unfortunately, Sikh people get attacked because people think they're Muslim, right? So it's not a uniquely Muslim problem; it's a societal problem. And um, so yes, yeah, it's, it, right. it's really, really, really important. Um, so, how did you first get involved with the project? I mean, did did you have a chat with Rufus, and was it a, a, a quite a frank and honest chat? Because the nature of the show is so sensitive. I guess um, was it was it the, the subject matter that got you interested, or was it just an interesting project for you to get involved with? It was at the height of the sort of refugee furor. You see, the height. It's always it's always hot. Sure. But there there reached a point in sort of two thousand. I'm, I'm, uh, no, my brain is failing me. Is it 2016-ish, 2017? Um, yeah. When we shot the first pilot. Um, well, I think the pilot would have been shot 2017? 17, yeah. yes, 2017, that's mm-hmm. right. Um, and then we shot the series the next year. Yeah, yeah, of course. So 2017. So the earlier in that year, so that we shot the pilot in the end of the year, mm-hmm. and I got the call maybe February early 2017 and around that time it was at the Katie Hopkins cockroaches stuff and, yeah uh, didn't even want to say her name why did I say her name <laughs> bleep out her name um, <laughs> um, but you know around the, all that stuff was going on so I read I got this call would you come and, and read uh, do a reading for these people they don't have any money and uh, but this is the part mm-hmm. um, and I had a look at it and I thought I, I know I'm not right for Sammy because there's a stereotype of a sort of uh, you know, refugee that comes to this country. He does, he's not a six foot five over, <laughs> overweight guy with a massive beard, uh, in my head I, at least. And so I, I said, all I want to do is go there and audition and tell the writer, mm-hmm. I think he's great, yeah. and I like his politics, mm-hmm. I like how he thinks, and I think this is beautiful. Because yeah. he's a funny, lovable character, yes. and he's an Arab, and there's no, you know, and, and you're dealing with a bit of the fears mm-hmm. that people have and you're putting it on the page in yeah. a sensitive, comedic way. It's brilliant. I just mm-hmm. want to tell the guy about that. So I, I went and I auditioned and I told him it's fantastic. But we, we had a really good rapport and we, we clicked. And then I, so I just started on with the process from a, from a reading for the BBC. And then they passed. And then it came back again. And it just kept going and going brilliant. and going and going. And it's um, and interestingly enough, one of my best friends is a Syrian called Sami. Wow. So yeah, he's not a refugee. He's uh, yeah. he's doing very well for himself out in uh, Dubai. I think wow. he's uh, living the life. But um, but that aside, I think what's um, what's really important. And again, you, you touched upon it there in terms of it deals with very sensitive, very sensitive topics in with humour, which is very difficult to do. And what I found there are some, and and again, as you said, Sam is an incredibly likable incredibly likable character and, and you play it so well and I've said it to you a hundred times today and I'll say it again Mashallah you play it incredibly well yeah. it's really great and um, and it's it, it, in one scene you can go from a, a, a comedic moment through to an incredibly poignant moment 
immediately and uh and one moment that i kind of this this is kind of a not a spoiler for season one but it's a moment in season one that i really picked out as really in, interesting is the moment where I think it's episode two where you go to school, go to the school with um, I forgot the name of the, the, the John. John, yeah. yeah. And the mum goes one way, the, the uh, John goes the other way, and you're alone in the schoolyard. Yeah. And there's a little moment where you do a bit in Arabic as, as if you are welcoming the kids. Right, yeah. It's a little memory kind of. Yeah, because he's a teacher. So exactly, yeah. Teacher. So, yeah, it's yeah. important to say, yeah, he's yeah. a teacher. So, that little moment, that really stuck with me. I thought that's a really sweet moment. Yeah, that really brings it back. Do you remember, do you remember what I said to you when we shot that scene? Well, you said that's the best. Is it? Your your Charlie Chaplin esque. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, this yeah. this moment where I'm yes, behind yes. the monitor going, "That breaks my heart." It is, and I, I said to you like, "That's very Chaplin esque." No words, so to speak. Yes. It's just this yeah, action, yeah. and you, you can tell a thousand that, stories. That, that is already. completely on the point. That it, it was Charlie Chaplin esque. It's like it was so sweet. It was so. It was it was just a moment that I thought you blink and you miss it, but that was a really sweet moment. But it did break your heart at the same time. Yeah, I mean that's testament to the writing. Mm. You know that uh, that was in the script. Mm. You know, yeah, in yeah. the stage directions, Rufus's uh, oh. his touch. You know, he might be. Um... Yeah. So just important to know we're actually on the, all around us. There's producers, <laughs> there's writers, directors, there's costumes, yeah. there's makeup. Um, interesting to point. So. Makeup. We were in the. Uh, it's called the Video Village. Village yeah. Video Village, and we were sat in there with makeup. And I've told you this, but me and Ibrahim, Ibrahim sat in the corner, learning that to get involved. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, I don't think the microphone can see you wave. <laughs> Say hello, Ibrahim. Hello, hello, hi. <laughs> and um, they told told us how they make people cry. Mm-hmm. So they applied this. Um, it's called a crying stick. Essentially, just really super strong Vicks stuff. Mm. And how much did they apply in your face, Ibrahim? I think most of it. I think <laughs> these, these, they just like caked me with uh, with that stuff, and uh, it didn't work. And no, no <laughs> tears, no tears at all. I'm worried about it. Actually, yeah. I was like, there's something wrong with me. If I'm not crying. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, I think I might need some, uh, you know, some tear gas. I think you need some counselling. Yeah, that's what it is. And uh, yeah, they, they applied like a tiny little bit on my eyes, and I was just in tears. Oh, yeah. Like my nose was. No, sniffling all sorts of stuff but no it's um, but yeah so we're on live set hence why people knocking on yeah, the door yeah. and whatever it's um, it's all very exciting for me it must be so mundane for you but it's all very exciting and it's, it's yeah, I, I try to remind myself every day how yeah, exciting yeah. it is you know yeah so um, so how much research went into playing Sammy because um, obviously the reason I ask is did you, did you again a Syrian refugee very you know very topical did you feel the weight and the burden of that character on your shoulders or did you just go in and play character what were your process no yeah, I've definitely felt the burden of it especially talking to Hassan mm-hmm. and who's you know who was a teacher in Syria and who came and it's, it felt right and proper that I would invest invest myself in the story for his benefit for the benefit of many others and, you know there's the, my research even you know, if, you, if you research the the the, the, the the crisis, especially the crisis in Syria, it's heartbreaking. You know, there's a documentary out now as well for some of us just coming. Yeah, it was on TV last just, night, yeah, wasn't it? Break, yeah. yeah, break yeah. your heart. And yeah. the, um, it's a, the, the, there is the weight. You don't need to worry because the weight comes on its own. Yeah. It's heavy, mm. uh, and there's no way you're going to play a Syrian refugee on television without feeling that responsibility. Yeah. All I wanted to do was make sure that people watching, that the that the British public who aren't exposed to a Arabs on the screen or 
the idea of refugees or immigration, you know, we're on the back of Brexit and all the rest of it. I wanted everybody to watch that and sort of rethink their preconceptions about about Arabs, about refugees, about immigrants, mm-hmm. which is a tall order. Yeah. And I wanted Arabs to watch this and feel represented. Yeah. And certainly wanted any anybody who's come to this country seeking asylum to feel like their story is being told. Yes. You know, yeah. my 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 wife was uh, my we uh, wife was in the labour ward uh, a month or so ago, and the cleaner came up to me who I think was from Senegal or something, and she just said. She said, you look like that guy from the show Home. And I said, well, it is me. And she went, it's you! Oh, we love that show! I came out of this country! And, then she did, and, it was, oh, and that amazing. was the best, uh, it was one of the best reactions, you know. And so that's, that's the, you know, the weight that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was feeling, oh, you know what I mean? Amazing. And like, you feel it while you work, I don't know, Shabir, you might, you know, when you work on a project like this, yeah. you feel that. You yeah. feel that, I suppose, especially we represent that community. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to do it justice, you know. You don't want. To... You want your community to tune in and see that, you know, see themselves. Yeah. But not be mocked, and yeah. that's all too often that can easily happen where people yeah. are caricatures of themselves. Yeah. And you know that responsibility that I'm going to take on a project or I'm going to work on yeah. something. We've got to do the story justice, but mm-hmm. we've also got to represent people where they tune in, and they don't have a hard time watching watching it, mm-hmm. going, okay, are they mocking me or yeah. are they, you know, is that's there right. is there some success? sincerity mm-hmm. in what they're doing and it's a fine balance yeah. Yeah. you don't always get it right but with this show certainly when I walked away last year mm-hmm. I was like okay, I'm proud of that Thank and I cannot that. wait yeah. for that to go out and the reception was amazing mm-hmm. like, you know I, I'm on Every, Twitter yeah. reading all the reviews and going yeah. how much you know it, it, yeah. it, it, you know, it touches you, you know, I, I, know, I know sort of Daily Star buying people mm-hmm. you know Daily Star Daily Express people who voted you know you can tell how they vote every year and it's not conservative or labor yeah, yeah. Um, and they uh they contacted me saying how much they loved wow. sammy yeah not the show how much they loved sammy, sammy the character. you know and that's a very that's very important i sound like i'm tooting my own home but no, I, i'm the first person to hold my hand up and say i i was i was you know i contributed mm-hmm. to that negative stereotyping for many many years yeah, yeah. uh i've been in projects that were really really stomped all over us and you don't realise it while you're filming it and then you watch the edit at the end and you think oh my god these guys had an insane take on everything well I think just to kind of circle back on that point a little bit every conversation I've had since launching this project none of the weight of that is on the acting of course so I just you know everyone it's not like Oh, you had how partially you're part of the problem. I don't, I don't see that as the case at all. No, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I've always felt that, you know, like yeah. my, uh, what, something I've, you know, progress mm. for us uh, is when you see, you know, the aesthetics are very important. Of the course. Game. And there's a certain type of, a type of actor who is given more prominence on screen. And when that happens, I think there will be a, a bigger momentum to progress. Yeah. My, I'm not the face of progress. I've got, I, I, I can pass yeah. for somebody who isn't Arab yeah. uh, because of my heritage. Yeah. And and to be, and I know, and I admit, I use, I've used that yeah. to try to get me work because I'm also a very big, overweight guy, and I got to do whatever it takes to yeah. get work. And I think You're, a lot of people do that. You know? No, hundred percent. And um, you've made me very insecure because normally I'm the tallest person because <laughs> I, I come, I, I come yeah. in at six two. But sometimes to you, I feel like a dwarf. No, no, yeah, I dwarf everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's maybe fragile my ego is. 
Shabir, I want to talk to you about how because you're you're because you're you've got such a great CV and you've got a number of different doing different projects yeah. and and how often is it that you are the only visibly brown non white person of colour on set? More often than not. Yeah. That's if I'm honest and you know, sometimes well, I do say I'm the token brown guy higher on the show, but I'm there on merit. Mm, absolutely. But it's disheartening when you walk onto set day one, mm-hmm. you scan you scan the set and go, who's here, who's not? And if you're lucky, there might be someone else that's a runner, which is quite a junior position. Mm-hmm. Very rarely in a senior position will you find another person of colour there. Mm-hmm. So you kind of do that momentary Ned ho- um, head nod go, like, me and you have made it, kind of, yeah. and we're through the door. But it's, I've been doing this for 13 years now, but I've been working in drama and comedy for the last five years where I'm solidly on set. And there hasn't really been an increase. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, you can shout to the rooftops, but you've got to work twice as hard to be considered half as good. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what more can we do? And how much do we have, you know, how much more do we need to prove ourselves mm-hmm. that we, we're capable of doing yeah, the roles? Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're inferior to anyone. Yeah. So the classic the classic argument there is that there's no, there's no, the talent's not there, the pipeline of talent isn't there. Now, is that a myth or is that... No, I'm, I'm pretty sure the talent is there, but mm-hmm. it's... Whoever's doing the hiring, mm. are they seeing those people? Mm. Are, they, are those people getting through? You know, because it's an industry of contacts. Mm. Yeah, it's an industry of contacts. <laughs> it's a qu- quality control is what's is what's is what has the virus in it. In yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you, you you hear that a lot, which is that we need to protect. You know, we want to be open to diversity and representation, but we need to protect our standards of quality that we've come to know. You hear that from theatre companies, film companies, you hear that from everywhere. But the thing is, what you think is good quality uh, isn't necessarily Mm -hmm. uh, universal. Mm -hmm. That what you think is bad quality is perfectly possible and acceptable Mm -hmm. to people of other cultures, of other ethnicities, of other ways of life. Mm -hmm. Somebody might just gesticulate a lot more with their hands and keep their mouth open a bit more when they talk, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely fine for half the world. But for you, it's not. And so you say that you see that performance and you say oh, that's a bit extreme. They're overacting, yeah. Or that's, uh, or, or, or the person's personality is a yeah. bit too. They're a bit too forward. Mm. They're not really our kind of people. Yeah. So will they fit in? That's so will they always a worry? Yeah. Cultural. Will they fit, fit in? Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. there a fit? Is, the, is, yeah. is that is that like is that really like coded language for? Well, you know, I have to code switch to fit in. And, yeah. oh and if yeah. you know, you've got to be able to fit in with a team and work with them for from a range of six weeks to three months, five months, mm-hmm. and then. If you're not going to fit in, then those people don't want to employ you. Mm-hmm. But I don't have the luxury of turning around and going, well, I'm, I won't do this job, I'll go and do another job. I've mm-hmm. got to work in a way that makes, you know, my work's got to be up to scratch and that's fine. And mm-hmm. But then I've got to present myself in a way that makes me appealing to, for people to hire. Yeah. And that's, that burden sometimes does greater. And it's, that's right. it's stressful enough as it is working as a freelancer in the industry. Yeah. But I've got to say, yeah, as a Muslim in the industry, yeah. you walk into, I mean, never mind the entertainment industry, any industry, mm-hmm. you, you walk in with this uh, preconceived and uh, with this baggage that you're not carrying, <laughs> that yeah. the other people are carrying, mm-hmm. and that they, you know, this idea that deep inside you is this angry, extremist person just waiting to get out, yeah. and that with the right pressure and the right circumstances, you'll crack and it will all come out. Yeah. Therefore, mm-hmm. you need the people need to make sure that you're... So, so you know, the only... 
the only good Muslim is a bad Muslim for a lot of people. And yeah. likewise on our screens. Yeah, you know? 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. The, the character that declares himself Muslim, it happens to drink in the pub with yeah. people, happens yeah, to yeah. sort of not act like a Muslim, yeah. but, you know. Um, it's yeah. very rare it's, it's, it's changing a little bit I have mm. to say there's yeah. two types of Muslims on the screen the pious one or the the one that's carefree culture that drinks and so, you know, yeah, yeah. and it's just like there's no happy medium like you can't be what I consider myself you know like yeah. That, yeah. 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 That, that type of Muslim yeah. is very rarely portrayed yeah. on the screen because yeah. it's not appealing to anyone it's mm. like well we've got these preconceived notions it's either got to be this or this yeah. but I don't know this kind of Muslim, so how do I put him on screen and make him yeah, presentable? Absolutely. Yeah. I think you touched on the the only good Muslim is a bad Muslim, and that we see that as a trope in lots of different films. I mean, and do you remember the siege from back in the day? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Oh, Denzel God. Washington. Uh, exactly. I, I, was, I marched uh, against... Oh, against, really? Yeah, I marched because of the trailer. Oh, wow. It's, it was the trailer that did it. It wasn't yeah. the film. It was the trailer that yeah. was cut in a way mm. where, where, that showed any mention of Quran or Islam or Allah... Mm. Uh, Overlaid on top of a bomb or a, yeah. or a killing, mm. and any mention of anything American or or Christian um, was was all about glory and righteousness. Honor and righteousness. Yeah, yeah. And it was just somebody had the idea of cutting it that way. Mm. Uh, when in fact, if you watch the movie, I mean, it's it's shocking. Yeah. But it wasn't that cut and dry. That's yeah, not yeah. what their purpose was. But mm. it was the trailer that came out. Yeah. And so yeah, I marched. I was in New York at the time. Wow. Yeah, we marched against it. Wow. Yeah, I mean that show the 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 good, the good bad Muslim. I think there was one there was one Muslim who he, he was part of the FBI, and he was the good one, right? That's right. And he was there, you know, drinking and. and again, Shalou, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like the thing is, I know Muslims who drink, right? It's not like it's yeah. it's unheard of, but when you see it on film, that's that's done for a reason, right? It's the acceptable Muslim yeah. is is the one that drinks and um, and he's less Muslim. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say sometimes, sometimes, especially in the beginning, I, I I didn't have a problem with her because I know that the the that you know we are other mm. as Muslims, as Arabs, if you were as Muslims, um, to a lot of the world, and the other and the idea of the other is where the problem comes in because yeah. if you can't identify with the other, mm. then you don't really identify with yourself. Yeah. And the best way of knowing yourself is to accept the others, not just understand the yeah. other, but to accept the yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in the beginning, having Muslim people who just declare themselves Muslim, period, mm-hmm. was new. That was <laughs> brand new. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was that film with uh, Michael Douglas tries to kill his wife, uh, The Perfect Murder or something like that. Not sure. David Suchet plays a, a Lebanese detective, right. and he says "Salam alaikum," and he says all yeah. this stuff. And he's, it was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking? Whoa, whoa, new. So anything, you know, just the fact that you have a Muslim character yeah. in a film was was enormous. Yeah. Um, because when I grew up, it, all the movies ended with all the all the hope and glory, and at the end of movies was, you know, we mustn't fight. We must all come together and live in harmony as brothers mm. and sisters, whether you're black, white. Rich, poor, Christian, Buddhist, or Jewish—we must all come together. And you know, Islam was never mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and so the notion that you would have a Muslim character, period, yeah, was huge. And so, okay, they drank and they acted like Americans, but it allowed it allowed Americans to identify themselves yeah. with a Muslim character. Yeah. Yeah. But but that then becomes the excuse yes. for why you don't need to truly yeah. show the culture yeah. to truly I mean, exist. For me, 
the Rami, the recent series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as soon as there was a scene where he gets found out that he doesn't drink. And for me, that was a victory. It was like, okay, a Muslim <laughs> who's not drinking on screen to be acceptable. And then, you know, he, he keeps a prayer and mm. the, the fast and what have you. But that, for me, was like this light bulb moment where it's like, yes, we can be presented. We are flawed as yeah. human beings. Mm -hmm. But there are certain elements that we can hold on to that are part of our religion yeah. that we don't have to compromise mm -hmm. to tell the story, and that, that yeah. was, you know, that and was... also the Muslim world is full of all different types of Muslims. Yeah, like, like, you know, it doesn't have to be one archetypal type. Yeah. It's just don't other it. It's, it's that don't, don't throw that Muslim into Arab land. The Muslim land. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, it's, that, it's the otherization that creates that and that that's when people come demonized and that becomes you abstract it from people into these notions that people that's you, right. you can attack ideas and notions but it, it's much more difficult attacking a person right so it's abstracted out it's um but it's really important as a as as and something else you said about these tokenistic kind of representations a good friend of the podcast and the project is Professor Evelyn Ulsultani, who picked up a lot of Jack Shaheen's work. It's a fantastic uh, speaker, yeah. I yeah. heard you the, the episode, it's one of my favourites. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. honestly. Which you know what? So I get so happy when people, you know, I know, yeah, yeah. you know, you're both busy, busy people when you listen to the podcast, get so, honestly, it fills my heart with joy how we read. So, yeah, and she says, she talks about complex, simplified representation, which is exactly what you've described there. And it's a really important thing. So, what what do you think needs to? I said this is a big question, right? Yeah. But what do you think needs to change? What do you think needs to in industry for off screen or on screen representation? What are the key? Certainly, for me, for off screen, um, if you're going to be using our faces, our features, mm. our stories, mm. our culture, and our religion to tell stories, and if we're not in the room helping shape that narrative, then you're doing it wrong. And I, you know, we need to have agency mm -hmm. of our stories, and whether that be in a position of director, writer, producer, mm -hmm. you know, below the line crew, mm -hmm. we need to be involved, and that needs to, uh, the mindset of the industry needs to change to allow for, allow for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're just going to have the same stories and the same issues being, you know, hashed out over again, and we're we're going to be on the sidelines going, "You've got it wrong, you've got it wrong," but then. You know, part of that has to be we've got to start writing our own stories as well, mm -hmm. and find a space to to make them. And it's it's not easy; it really isn't. But mm -hmm. certainly for me, it's people need to be. We're not when people are hiring, not consider us as risk of a, a you know a risk yeah. to that project. You know, I'm hiring this person. Sure, is is it going to work out? But, you know, we've got the talent. You've just got to give us the opportunity. And that's my yeah. uh, you know, viewpoint of the whole situation. I think there is definitely uh, power involved in our industry, in the entertainment industry. Some people have power and some mm -hmm. people don't. Some people have power to affect change and some people don't. Mm -hmm. I've been in companies where uh, a very pretty uh, Caucasian actor who has two lines comes on, does his bit, goes off, and the rest of us slave away work for two hours mm. and they get nominated for some oh. very prestigious award at the end of the season and everybody's scratching their heads but that person that actor just happens to fit what they like yes it's it's that simple it's it's it, the people in power mm. tend to say i just like you and my my solution is you cannot talk about representation on screen 
if you're then going to ignore the people playing those parts off screen. Yeah. It's part and parcel of the same thing. If, an, if you're going to put a Muslim character on screen, the actor playing that Muslim character needs to be supported and elevated. The idea of advancement and career advancement and mobility is what eventually affects the kind of uh, massive change that we're, we're after. You have people like Gus Carl and Tez Ilias that are very much aware of that, man. Yeah. I know these, you know, I know these guys. They, they, they've reached out to me. Brilliant. And we've established contact there because they understand that you need to help people that are that are trying to represent the positive face of our culture, of our ethnicity, of our religion. Uh, you know, none of us are trying to to aim for dominance. We're all trying to aim for harmony, yeah. aren't we? I mean, we know it's a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. So why don't you take somebody like that and make sure the whole world knows who they are? really share it, shout it from the rooftops how great this actor is, you know? Yeah. But I, I will tell you, I, I am, I've been shocked and amazed how many times I'm in a company and it feels like home and it turns out they're not your family at all. Wow. They, they say all sorts of wonderful things to you privately and, and even sometimes to other people privately, but publicly, as they go out there, the, the balance shifts and yep. you don't get that support. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in the end, you end up becoming a repeat. You end up repeating the same work for the same people the whole time yeah. in the same little hole. Mm -hmm. And I just started, you know, it, the, the, unfortunately, I, I think where I come down is that, yeah, you got to, if you want that kind of exposure, that kind of support, you got to write it yourself. Yeah. Or you got to work with people who identify with you. They, yeah. Who feel within themselves, who feel that you are the person that they are inside themselves. So there's no fear or no worry about what might happen if they elevate you. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. It's like, okay, I've got this Arab Muslim guy. Am I going to stand up and then, you know, and and, 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 and align myself with this guy? Mm -hmm. If I don't identify with them, it's, it's very hard, very yeah. hard to do. Mm -hmm. I think for me, certainly, it's... it's um, sending the ladder down if you're a person of colour yeah. it's made it through the doors and it's it's very hard yeah. to, to get through those doors but keep, you know send the ladder down bring people with you because mm -hmm. that's ultimately how we all get through to, you know together yeah. and um, Guz Khan certainly on the, the current series or third series of Man Like Moby mm -hmm. he's got this traineeship scheme that he put out there and it was like we want people from you know across the spectrum we want people to come in yeah. and be on the show in a, in a traineeship um, position yeah. and are many people doing that? No but it's it's heartening to see because using his you know position Platform. on that show yeah, yeah, yeah. to go right I'm you know I'm, I've got this series and I, I can afford to help people out yeah. and get them on, onto set and see how it all works yeah. you know not everyone's going to have that luxury yeah. but if you've got the chance please, please, please yeah. use your platform to help others. Yeah. And that will lift everyone else and then, yeah. you know, you pay it forward, essentially. Absolutely. And to go, you know, this is a little football thing, but Zinedine Zidane of course. used to say that his dad told him, you're an immigrant now, which means you have to work twice as hard as everybody else. Mm -hmm. And there is that element to it. And it's just recognising that, uh, we're, you know, that we are in a, minor a minority um, for the most part. Mm -hmm. And the amount of work that it takes to keep yourself in to code change to all this stuff is it's monumental mm -hmm. um and so that anybody listening who is not mm -hmm. who is not uh, who, who is part of the mainstream um should feel 
absolutely um, validated in choosing people who work twice as hard as everybody yeah, yeah. else, three times as hard as so, everybody else. So identify that and be an ally to those people. That's right, because yeah. they, they, they are profitable. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you know, it's, I mean, we've seen, we've seen uh, the equivalent in, uh, in, in Hollywood with Black Panther and, mm-hmm. and, and movies that are female driven and stuff. Yeah, it's profitable, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. You know, because these are, you know, we're, we're all people that have, that have had to work more than the people around us. We have mm-hmm. to shift our personalities yeah. in such a way, modulate who we are yeah. in order to, remain effective and and, and, um, and efficient yeah, yeah. and and that's there's profit in that you know mm-hmm. I'm speaking purely from a, a profit place no but it makes, you know, sense. It makes it sense it works I think that's a really beautiful way to to, to, to end it I think that's a really poignant point um, should be if people want to follow your work and uh, how what's the best way of doing that well I am on Twitter oh um, you've got an amazing sh- Twitter account <laughs> <laughs> what's your handle it's um, at Shabir1 so how do you spell that S H I B B I R one, yeah, numerical one, yeah, numerical one. And Habibi, uh, please follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I like talking to everyone. Yusuf Kirkor, Y O U S S E F K E R K O U uh, R, both on Twitter and on Instagram. I, I, and I appreciate all the uh, all the follows and the chats. And I can attest to both of you actually because. That's where we. The fact that we're having this conversation is through Twitter, through social right? media. Yeah, through social media. They did something right for once. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you find an audience there, yeah, and yeah. you know people that are like-minded, and you, we we support each other. And you know, when yeah. the risk test came out, it popped up in my feed, and I was like, "What is this thing?" And it's yeah, yeah. something that I was hoping to articulate, and then I found it there, and I was like, "That's." That's the cause I'm yeah. going to support. And you know, I have to say, after home, I, the, my Twitter feed is full of non-Muslims who are mm-hmm. so loving and supportive yeah. and wonderful. Yeah. And I've, I've just enjoyed all that. So, like I say, it's it's all possible. Yeah. You know, the fans are out there. The, the, the yeah. base is out there. Yeah, yeah. No, beautiful. Once again, Jazakallah Khair, thank you so much yeah. for having thank us. You. It's been an absolute pleasure having this discussion. Yeah, thank you yeah. for coming down and... Uh, Thank you. Validating yeah. our work. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Thank you for driving four hours to come down here, my God. <laughs> so we're in three hours, Ibrahim. Yeah. So <laughs> we're, we're certified halal. Now. Exactly. <laughs> I've ordained you HMC. <laughs> I, can co- I can confirm that these guys are not stunned. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, thank you so much. And I thank wish you. you every success with the series, season Inshallah. two. Inshallah. Home, inshallah. Okay, Jazakallah Khair. Okay, it's good.